0: Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Matthew eight and before we start reading, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you love me and that you love us. And it's your it's our heart that matters and even when when we fail you love us, even when we succeed you love us. It's through your son's sacrifice and grace that you love us, not through our own actions. And so, Father, I lift up this time. Holy Spirit, please guide us. May this be a message that directly comes from you, that it's your words, it's your message, it's your wisdom that we hear. Nothing from me, but everything from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we read, I want to just go over something real quick that i that I was reading earlier today. And it struck me as very powerful. And what the concept was, is, as soon as Jesus comes down from the mountainside where he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, three people are healed, three types of people. And none of it's by accident. It's not like Jesus and God are like, oh, that's convenient. These are all things that are planned out. And the very first person that he heals is a leper. And lepers are just terrible in this society. They have to walk around with their clothes totally torn apart, their hair a mess, and they have to stay basically 100 yards from anyone. And they have to scream out, unclean, unclean, when they go around anybody. Even their own family can't, can't get close to them. They're true outcasts. Their their families can only be like 20 feet, 15, 10, whatever it is, but they can't get close to him. And yet, as this man is cry, crying out, unclean, he still is allowed to come up to Jesus, and Jesus heals him. So <clears throat> then you have a Gentile, and one of the worst Gentiles you can have, a Roman soldier. The Romans were oppressive, and yet Jesus heals him his person, his servant. And last, you have a woman, and she's healed of being sick and close to death. And so these are all the people that immediately after Jesus comes, he puts an exclamation mark on his preaching and on his sermon. So with that, let's go ahead and start reading. And uh, chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So again, remember, this guy's not even supposed to be close to him yet. Jesus is allowing it. And not only is he, you know, not al- he's allowing it, but this man's not even, no one's supposed to touch him. He hasn't probably been touched by another human who who does not have leprosy for years and years and years. So he hasn't even had a human interaction on that basis. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And in the Greek, it, it uses the same word where it's actually ind- indicative that Jesus put both hands on the man's shoulders and pulled him close. Immediately he was healed and cleansed of his leprosy. Understand what that means. Leprosy, your, your hands and your arms and your body parts, they don't rot and fall off. Apparently, you don't have any feelings, so you injure them all the time, and then they're infected, and then they rot, and they're, they're bad, and so they become stumps. But he was healed, and he was clean, which means that his, most likely his stumps that were his hands have been repaired. His feet, which have been distorted and, and dis, um, have been completely mangled have been repaired, and now they're healthy again. So he says, I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourselves to the priest and offer the the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, Go, and he goes, and I tell that one, Come, and he comes. I say to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come to the feast, come from the east and west, and I will take their place... I'm sorry. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown aside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Meaning that people from the east and the west, non-Jews, will come to the feast. They'll sit next to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who we've just read about. But then the people who are part of the Jewish kingdom will be thrown out because they don't know Jesus, but those people, those Gentiles, do. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believe it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. When Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. So here he is, a leper, a Gentile, and now a woman. Think about the order. The most condemned and societally viewed as the worst. Then the next worst. And then finally a Jew. When the evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits in a word, with a word, and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, and he, and he bore our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, First, let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. What that indicated was when he said, let me go bury my father. It's like, let me follow you after my father has passed away. And if you think about it, when you, you know, as Jesus' story is told, his disciples go home at times. They go to places and Jesus goes off by himself to a mountaintop because he truly did not have a home. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He he replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I always find that interesting since they just watched him heal a leper. They just watched him cast out demons. They just watched him heal all sorts of people. And then it's like, oh, because he calmed the storm. He's like, they're like, oh, dang, who's this? <laughs> just interesting how how they think. But at the same time, I've seen people healed. I've seen demons cast out. And yet then I still question whether or not Jesus can help me in my in my circumstance. And... Yeah, so I'm no, I'm no different. I have to remind myself of that. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gar- Gerardanus, two demon-possessed men, came, men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come to here to torture us before the appointed time? Because they know there's an appointed time, which is read about in Revelations. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said said to them, go. So they went out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. You know, I would have thought, you know, my mental thought process was, wow, they would have thought, asked him and pleaded with him to stay. But can you imagine all all those demons, what the noise they must have made as they screeched and, and bellowed and left and went into the pigs? And then the pigs were screaming and went over the side of a cliff. I mean, it must have been pretty scary. So anyways, I think with this, it's very important for me to remember God loves everybody. <clears throat> he died for all of us. He created all of us. So contempt I can't have. I can't have contempt for a person. I can dislike what they, what they do, but I can't have contempt for them. I have to understand that Jesus made the priority of showing that he was healing a leper before he healed anybody else. And the leper was the worst of the worst in, this, in the Jewish society. So who am I to say I can't love some someone else just because I disagree with them? It's a conviction on my heart that gets bigger and bigger every day as I read through this, as I've read through you know, Genesis and I thought, those guys are so dumb. And then I realize I do the same thing. And as I go through all of these books, I realize it's a picture of me that I'm seeing. Those people who are dense, that's me. The people who are sinning, that's me. And the only solution that has been consistent throughout the entire Bible, it's all been pointing to Jesus. And it's submitting fully to him. I'll tell you, with, with the economy the way it is, things are a little tough for me personally. I have a big deal today. Could use some prayer on it. But, or a big discussion about an Opportunity. But regardless, it's the faith in God that he's leading me to and helping me to grow in. Regardless if I get this deal or not, the most important thing is my heart with him. It scares me. scares me a lot at times. But it is the most important thing. That's what's been going through here the whole time. The outcast, the leper, he knew Jesus could heal him and he was willing to prostrate himself on the ground. The centurion, he, he, he was in charge of a hundred men and he had men who did whatever they said and he was hated by the Jews. Yet he went to a Jew for help. And then Mary and the, the mother of, of Peter, I believe it was, was sick and Jesus healed her with just a touch. What can he do for me? What can he do for you? If my heart's right, if my heart is as good as the leper. If my heart is as good as the centurion, what can he do? How can I have a change of heart? It's not whether or not he can give me things. That's not the point. It's whether or not I can please him and be the son I want to be. So with that, let's go ahead and close up with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your example. I just lift up this time and I pray that I would be the son you want me to be. I know you love me and you want what's best. You say ask and it will be given. We don't have because we don't ask. Lord, I lift up this time and I just pray that I would, my ask, serve you as you want me to serve you. I pray that I would have comfort and confidence that you are in charge. And I pray for me to do your will. I pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us, to walk with us, and for us to commune with you in spirit so that we can understand who you are a little bit more. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.